welcome. This is the Care to Change podcast, where we discuss practical solutions for positive change. We're grateful you've chosen to join us. Today's conversation is with our director, April Bordeaux, and one of Care to Change's own, Brittany Gibson, to discuss the topic of anxiety. We hope you find it helpful because we want to continue to foster practical solutions for positive change. Welcome back, everyone, to the Care to Change podcast. I'm April Bordeaux, and I am so glad you have joined us today, chosen to spend your time uh, talking with us today or listening with us today. We have a big topic to talk about today, and it's about anxiety. Uh, With all this anxiety, I cannot make it go away. That's our topic today. I have a very special guest with us today, Brittany Gibson, who is a therapist, but also our clinical manager at Care to Change, she oversees all of the therapists uh, here at Care to Change. So Brittany, uh, thank you for joining us today. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So before we get started on the topic of anxiety, can you tell, not to increase your own anxiety for being on the show, but can you tell the group, the listeners, a little bit about you? What brought you to Care to Change? So I came to Care to Change in November of 2019, and what appealed to me about Care to Change was the fact that we could use evidence-based practices as well as incorporate our faith and God into our practice. And so as I was, you know, going through school and, you know, becoming a Christian, I started realizing that evidence-based practices and what I teach is all throughout the the Bible. And, you know, a lot of things that we um, are going to talk about today are foundations in the Bible on how to deal with anxiety and how to work through that. And it's so interesting to see how science is also incorporated in the Bible as well. Nice, nice. Yes. Jean and I were talking, Jean and Crane and I were talking about, she's one of our therapists here, on another one of our uh, podcasts about there's just something so beautiful when you're able to marry what it is that you do, what you're, what you've been taught with what it is you believe. Mm -hmm. So to be able to integrate all of that into one practice is just uh, so fulfilling. And we get to do that here at Care to Change. So I'm glad you're here. Uh, Tell for those of you who don't know you and are watching or listening to us today, uh, share with the group, you know, if I call Care to Change, and I have fill in the blank issue, what would someone call you to see you for? What are your sort of like three areas, we call them areas of specialty here? So some of the areas that I specifically work in are depression and anxiety. Um, I also work a lot with um, women and women issues as well as trauma. I'm trained in EMDR, so I work a lot with with trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder, as well as grief and loss. Okay. And you didn't mention something. It's sort of a hidden. You want to talk about it? The addiction component. Yes. So I also have a pretty extensive history with substance use as well. And so with that being inpatient and outpatient, um, in the outpatient setting, I'm trained in uh, the matrix model, which is an intensive outpatient programming for substance uses. Okay. So so while we're not an inpatient or an addiction treatment facility, those of you out there listening who are impacted by addictions, we do have someone that can help you here. So I am so glad you're here. So let's get to it. Let's talk about this topic of anxiety because, wow, um, I know we, we've talked about this as it relates to women specifically, 
uh, in a different podcast. So for those of you ladies who are listening, we're, we're going to talk to you today, but this is more general because we know that anxiety and depression affects men, mm-hmm. women, children. It doesn't really discriminate based on age or gender or or any of the demographics we usually look at. So this is a big topic and probably one that we hear about or we hear from um, more than any other topic, probably this this topic of anxiety. Mm-hmm. So first thing, um, just for those who are listening, some people um, consider themselves anxious, they have panic attacks. Some people say, I'm just stressed out. How do you know the difference between being stressed and having anxiety? Where's, describe what is anxiety to, to those listening? So when I think of anxiety, I like to think of it as just a constant fear, constant worry, also coupled with a lot of physical symptoms too. And, you know, when you mentioned anxiety and it doesn't discriminate, it, you know, is across the board in populations, it also can look different for everybody too. You know, we know that there are differences between what it looks like in men and women and children. Um, And so, you know, I like to have people really talk about what they're feeling physically too, because a lot of times our mental struggles can come out in physical symptoms. So, you know, if you're having um, anxiety, you can have increased heart rate, you can have increased blood pressure. Um, you know, just that feeling like I can't sit still or my chest is hurting, you know, you feel physical weights throughout your body. And I think that's really where, you know, if those symptoms are impacting your daily struggle, that can be when maybe we've crossed the line from stress into more anxiety. Um, you know, we have, you can have panic attacks, which that's a lot of the physical symptoms, but a lot of people too have what we call anxiety attacks where, Um, They just are feeling all these symptoms, but for prolonged periods of time Mm -hmm. versus a panic attack. We know we have an increase in symptoms, but then our body gets tired and then it kind of decreases. An anxiety attack, it seems like you can go for long periods of Mm -hmm. time with those anxious symptoms. Okay. Okay. So a question that probably doesn't get often asked uh, because when, when people come to Care to Change, and they know that they're coming because their anxiety is, quote, sort of out of control, or I'm feeling anxious and I can't seem to, to, to kick it. I can't seem to make it go away. Tell the listeners some things that people do without even realizing it mm-hmm. that actually could cause higher anxiety or more anxiety. So a lot of times we could be doing things that we may not realize are, are causing anxiety. So, you know, we talk about like the constant worry, constant ruminating, right, racing thoughts. Um, you know, a lot of times in our brains, we think of worst case scenario. And so we can just be sitting there paralyzed, not able to move, thinking of all these like worst case scenarios. Um, you know, a lot of times too, there's um, caffeine and soda and stimulants can be increasing our anxiety. Um, we could have family members that could be increasing our anxiety, um, you know, if they also are struggling with um, anxious symptoms as well. So sometimes um, also to lack of self-care, that could be increasing our anxiety. If we're not taking care of ourselves, all of those things can be increasing our anxiety without us even realizing it. Right. So so relationships mm-hmm. can cause, cause more anxiety. Uh, lack of self-care and that can be a whole host of things right Absolutely. so tell tell a couple of things that would be included in when you say that lack of self-care yeah yeah (laughs) so if you're not getting sleep at night you you know Mm -hmm. if you have um you're up multiple times or you're um just having trouble falling asleep you know one of the things when i worked inpatient we always asked people was 
are you sleeping and are you eating? Those two basic needs, if those aren't met, can cause a whole host of anxious and depressive symptoms right there. Um, you know, are you doing things that you enjoy? If you are constantly moving from, you know, when you wake up till the end of the day, then you're gonna be um, not taking care of yourself, not pouring into yourself, which is gonna increase your symptoms as well. Um, and so, you know, also trying to find joy as well, that's gonna help increase or um, improve your self-care. Uh, but it's also going to make your symptoms worse if you're not doing those things. So so what I'm hearing is uh, there are things that we're doing to our bodies physically by not resting or eating or, mm -hmm. or maybe even moving your body. didn't say that, but I know that's part of it. So physically, we're doing things that c could cause more anxiety. Mm -hmm. Relationally, we're doing things that could cause more anxiety in our cognitively, so in our thoughts. You know, the, I heard you say the um, worst case scenario kind of what ifing um, that can can cause it as well. So no wonder, right? Right. No wonder so many people experience this because we live in a culture where we're on the go constantly. Mm -hmm. It almost sounds um, rebellious to say, I'm going to rest. I'm going to go to sleep. You know, people almost look down on you if you mm -hmm. say, nope, not today. I'm going to sleep. Um, you know, you hear that you can sleep when you die kind of thing. And, and so we're really, uh, our culture is against kind of feels like you're swimming upstream to, to say, I know I'm going to rest. So no wonder so many people experience anxiety, not to mention that some people might be biologically prone to anxiety, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if someone is listening and they say, I, it, yep, that's me. I, I'm all those things. Mm -hmm. My mom had it. I'm in a terrible relationship. I, I don't take care of myself because I have you know, lots of kids and what's happening. I'm, I just lost my job or I have my job, et cetera, et cetera. So what are, what are your tips? So people come to this cause they want these practical solutions for mm -hmm. positive change. So what are tips that you would say, okay, well let's contrast what would cause it. Where do you even start with all that? So I think the first place to start is to looking, look at your sleep and eating habits, you know, we also have a lot of research to show that what we put into our bodies can also be affecting our physical symptoms as well. So, you know, making healthy eating choices, um, you know, making time to have a good bedtime routine, to go to sleep at a decent hour. Now, I have young kids too, so I understand sometimes kids wake up in the middle of the night. Um, and so, like, that can, you mm -hmm. know, affect sleep. But really trying to make sleep a priority as much as you can. Um, that's just going to help you feel better. You know, waking up rested is going to start your day well versus if I wake up and I'm just tired and I need tons of caffeine to get me going. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sleeping and eating habits are great things to implement. You know, what do you enjoy doing? You know, getting back to, you know, crafts or activities, things that you've enjoyed doing in the past that maybe have fallen by the wayside as you're in the midst of life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, making time for self-care, making time for prayer and being in the word, um, making time for your spouse or your, um, you know, if you're in a relationship, making time for being with people that you love, all of those things, while they take time, they're going to help fill you up and decrease your symptoms over time. So if I'm listening to this, I'm hearing, here's this list of things I need to do. And if I'm feeling anxious and I, and I see this list, I, I could think, well, the list is making me anxious, right? So you, I heard you say, and I want to point this out and really emphasize this, are you, what are you eating and drinking mm -hmm. and are you giving yourself rest? Mm -hmm. So those are the two. So if, if someone said, I'm going to, I need just one or two things to focus on because 
all of those things in my life and just to try to turn it all around that seems mm-hmm. overwhelming and anxiety producing in and of itself. So Absolutely. so what I heard was if if you're going to focus in on one or two things, the rest, the rest and the eating and and drinking. And so can we sort of dial into I know we have a one of our podcasts and I don't know if it's been released or going to be released. I don't know what where it is in the series but is on sleep. So actual mm-hmm. sleep hygiene, because mm-hmm. people think, so you know, you just shut the light off and then you're supposed to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's people that have anxious minds. That's just not the way it works. So no. can you give just a quick, um, you know, how do you sleep better? What do you do? What are things you do? Cause you know, for someone that's anxious telling them just go to sleep doesn't work, right? So with. what do they do to sleep better? So there's a couple of different things or techniques to try to improve sleep just in general. You know, taking a look at um, screen time. You know, we recommend not having screen time an hour or so before bed. Um, you know, what we know, the blue light that is on your phone can actually stimulate you and keep you awake. So really trying to make it a priority to decrease screen time right before bed. And then there's a lot of other helpful techniques such as mindfulness and thought diffusion, which um, if you go to YouTube, you can find videos, which I really find helpful is in them kind of walking you through these activities to just help relax your body. So what is, what is mindfulness? Describe, that's a, that sounds like a therapy word, right? It is a so therapy word. What's mindfulness? <laughs> so mindfulness in, in a nutshell is just being present in the here and now. You know, a lot of times with anxiety, we're really stuck in our head. We're, we're, you know, thinking of what I need to do for dinner or what's the plan for next week or this weekend. Mindfulness really is just being focused on what's going on right here in this room. So it just pulls you out of your thoughts and those, those cycles that we get in. And so it just has you focus on your breath. It has you focus on what am I seeing in my room right now? Um, what's going on in this current moment. And that's really mindfulness just in a nutshell of Mm. how can I be present here? You know, we spend so much of our time being in the past and focusing on that or being in the future. I think I heard a statistic. It was 80% of the time we're not even here. We're in the past or the future. We're not in the present. And so mindfulness just puts us here in the present. And it can really just help calm you. Um, help focus on, um, you know, your breath and your muscles and your and the physicalness of it, um, which is going to help relax you, get you relaxed enough to be able to fall asleep. So if this were live right now, I could hear, I could hear someone saying, well, when I, I go to the, the future, I go to the past because the present isn't good right now. Mm-hmm. So for some people coming to the present is a good thing, Absolutely. you know, um, getting in touch with what I'm, what I'm hearing and what I'm thinking and, and what I'm eating and just really coming to what is today? What, uh, what we say around here a lot, uh, control what you can control. Mm-hmm. So what can I control today? That's being mindful. I'm going to, what can I focus on right here, the right now? Some people bringing them to the right here, right now is what's causing them to think about, well, back in, back in the day or mm-hmm. in the future, maybe. So it causes anxiety to, to, to come to the here and now. What do you say to people that say, I, I don't want to focus on the here and now. That's why I go to the past or the future. Then I say, let's work on that. Because if you are really unhappy in your present, then let's do something to get you to feel more hopeful, to feel more joy about what you're going on right now. Um, you know, coming and talking to someone here or someone, um, you know, that you feel comfortable talking, you know, let's work on achieving those goals so that you feel more likely to want to be in the present. 
um, you know, to get that joy back, to decrease those symptoms so that you just, you want to be here right now. That's good. That's good. Because I know we can sit here and, you know, we can have an entire course on anxiety, Mm -hmm. what happens in the brain and in the body um, when you're feeling anxious and in the, in, in the emotion and what impact does anxiety have on relationships? So we could, we could go so many directions with that. And I think, you know, we can give these tips. Um, you know, what I'm hearing is eat, sleep, taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, pressing pause. We say that a lot, yeah. press pause to recognize so that the physical symptoms don't take you, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, like, Oh, I'm having a, um, I'm having a heart attack and you go to the hospital and they say, no, actually, it's anxiety. It's anxiety. <laughs> and so that our body sort of forces us to pause, you know. Um, Your body will do that. Tell I, you. It will tell you. At some point, it catches up with you. I've seen it so many times. I've seen it in my own my own life with myself, with my mom. It, your body will tell you, okay, you need to stop. And then God chimes in too and right? will say that as well too. <laughs> right, right. And I'm glad that you said that about prayer, you know, too, and, you know, your faith because... Um, I think sometimes people also think, you know, I should just pray my anxiety away. So can you talk a little bit about that? You know, like when someone says, well, I'm, I have, I'm a person of faith and I eat well. And, mm-hmm. um, we haven't talked about exercise, but you know, moving your body yeah, to get that endorphin really. So mm-hmm. what about faith? Where does faith come in when it has to do with anxiety? So, you know, a lot of people get uncomfortable with the term, I'm just going to pray it away, or, or they feel invalidated with that term. And prayer is, is wonderful, and we definitely should do it every single day and be in the Word. And there's a lot that God can tell us about anxiety and prayer and how to work through it. But sometimes the, we just need additional help. We just need additional resources, and that's okay to ask for mm-hmm. help. It's okay to say, you know what, I can't do this on my own. You know, I'm turning to God, but I just still need some additional help. And so, you know, turning to someone that you trust to help you work through those symptoms and help you problem solve to get to a place where you want to be. Yeah, yeah. I uh, we we have one of our blog posts that's you know. Um, you can have anxiety and love Jesus too. Absolutely. Right? So uh, I guess what I'm hearing and, and what I want to sort of relate to everyone is if you know that you're experiencing anxiety, and I think one of the things we haven't touched on, and I might ask about this as well, is you know you have it, um, you're going to begin taking steps. Okay, maybe just today I'm going to work on sleep, mm-hmm. my, my sleep hygiene. and Or today I'm going to work on trying to eat in a way that supports my body the nutrition fuels my body to be more healthy. Uh, maybe those are the two ways. I mean, I'm going to add prayer to that. Talk to the listeners about when you've done all that and you still feel anxiety, what do you do? So if you feel like you've done all of those things and you're still experiencing anxiety, um, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do as far as, you know, additional treatment, you know, working on, um, coping skills and cognitive distortions and working through that, you know, talking to your primary care doctor, um, you know, there's a lot of medications that can help, help Mm -hmm. you with anxiety symptoms that are really helpful in that way too. And so if you just really feel like, you know, I've done these things and I've worked through it this way and it's just not helping, then sometimes it is helpful to go to your doctor and say, you know what, I'm doing these things, but I just, I just need some additional help and Mm -hmm. that's okay. Um, you know, we know that anxiety definitely has a physical component and it's a medical condition and sometimes medications can be helpful in that way. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that's really what's important to know that there's, there's not a, there, the reason why so many people experience it is because there's not a quick fix. And while I love, and we've even posted them, you know, like 
five tips for mm-hmm. um, anxiety and eight ways to reduce your anxiety. And we and we put these tips out there and they're great because people want something to hold on to. The reality is sometimes there's more to it, right? Absolutely. And so what we want to say to everyone is, you know, number one, recognize it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, it doesn't mean you've done something, quote, wrong, nope. right? Um, that even when you're doing everything right and love Jesus even, you can still experience it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean your faith is weak or that um, your body's not supporting you. It just might mean that there's more to it. Absolutely. And then also that help is available, right? So mm-hmm. um, obviously this is a Care to Change podcast. We have lots of therapists here that are trained in how to help with anxiety. So, um, male and female therapists. And so we have people that can help reach out for that. I, I want to ask, do you have a resource, something that you would say, you know, a book or something that you'd say, you know, if you're struggling with anxiety, here's a resource mm-hmm. um, to try. What, what would you recommend? Yeah, absolutely. So there's lots of great helpful books out there, um, to kind of help you work through it. Um, some of my favorites are, um, it's called Crash the Chatterbox, and it talks about um, what's going on in our head and how to get ourselves out of our head, how to let go of some of those thoughts that may be causing us anxiety. Um, there's another great one. Um, I just finished this study myself. It's called Get Out of Your Own Head, hmm. um, and it's by Jenny Alley, a- Allen. And um, you know she talks about those thought spirals which is a cognitive behavioral therapy term. And she talks about it and talks about how to get yourself out of that cycle, get yourself out of those spirals. Um, And so those are, you know, a couple of great resources. Um, Declutter Your Mind is another good one. Um, And a lot of these will help, you know, help you with those techniques too. And they're just, they're very inspirational to help you from um, people who have been there too as well. Right. Good. Thank you. Uh, for those of you who are that are that are listening, we will put those resources in the notes mm-hmm. section. If you have a question, uh, I know we've covered a lot of ground in a very short period of time, but if you have a question and you say, "But what about fill in the blank?" I want to encourage you to text us at our care line or call us uh, or reach out and say, "Hey, I just want to have a consult. I want to mm-hmm. talk to somebody a little bit more about what I'm experiencing." You know, we have both uh, in in-person and video sessions available. So we've made it as easy as possible for anyone who needs that help. So I want to encourage you, reach out to us, know um, most of all that you're not alone in this struggle and that there is hope and there is help available for you. So thank you for joining us uh, for today's podcast and we will see you soon. You've been listening to the Care to Change podcast, where we discuss practical solutions for positive change. Don't forget to view the show notes for resources mentioned in the conversation. Please reach out to us through the care line at 317-979-7133 or at help at caretochange.org. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube as well. Thanks for listening, and we hope to continue to foster practical solutions for positive change.